The following, the following is, is a Glendale, Glendale Tapes Ministry, Ministry presentation, presentation from the Glendale, Glendale Baptist, Baptist Church, Church Bowling, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Would you turn, please, in your Bible to Exodus, the 20th chapter. Exodus chapter 20. May we bow together in prayer before we read from the Word of God. Our Father, we thank Thee that the voice of God is like the voice of many waters. And in that book of Revelation, we're told that the voice of Jesus is a thunderous voice speaking to our hearts. And so it was in the days of Sinai when the commandments were given from that holy mountain. We pray that today we might hear the voice of God as the voice of a trumpet. And beyond the words and the face of the preacher, may we hear God speak to our hearts. And Father, we pray that those who are without Jesus today will open their hearts to Christ, that the Holy Spirit will do his office work of conviction and conversion. In Jesus' name, amen. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, who have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. 
Our text today, verses 8, 9, 10, and 11, the fourth commandment, and let's read verse 8 together, everyone together. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I want to make nine introductory statements today concerning this commandment. And some of the things that we'll be saying today may be somewhat new to some. I would like to ask that you pray that the Holy Spirit will make this real and meaningful in every one of our lives, that we might get the message that God has for us. First of all, the fourth commandment, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, presupposes an acquaintance with the Sabbath, but not necessarily that the Sabbath had been kept before. In other words, when the Sabbath commandment was given on Sinai, the people of Israel already knew about the Sabbath day. They knew that God had created the world in six days, and on the seventh day he had rested. And earlier in the book of Exodus, when God promised to feed his people in the Egyptian, in the Sinai wilderness by manna, he gave them a specific command that they were to collect that manna six days, but not on the seventh day. And so, before the Decalogue was given, before the Ten Commandments, the people understood something about the Sabbath day, but he clarifies it in this commandment. Number two, the seventh day was to be a day of rest belonging to the Lord, consecrated to him. No work was to be done on that day. No work by man or beast. The free Israelites and their children, their slaves, their cattle, their strangers, their foreign laborers, no one was to do any work. No one was to labor, whether they be businessmen, laborers on the farm, or the priests in the temple. No one was to labor. Thirdly, the intention and significance of the Sabbath day is to be found in God's blessing and sanctifying the seventh day of the week at the creation. Just as man who had fallen from the state of innocence when work was not a toil, and we remember that in the days before the fall of man, men were still working. Adam and Eve had something to do. They were to tend the garden. They were to name the animals. They were to do all of the work that God told them to do, but there was no toil in it. There was no sweat of the brow. There was no difficulty. Work was a joy. It was enjoyment. But when man fell into sin, sin passed upon all men and the ground received a curse and God said to the man in the sweat of thy brow will you eke out a living from the ground now just as man who had fallen from the state of innocence when work was not a toil he may now in mercy find one day in the week free from toil as a reminder of the past and a foreshadow of something that was yet to come when there would be a Sabbath for the people of God. The fourth statement. When Moses recapitulated or repeated the Decalogue in Deuteronomy chapters, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, 
he reminded the people of their bondage in Egypt and their deliverance from bondage and announced that this commandment was part of the significance, the fact that God had delivered them from bondage. And this was part of the significance of the Sabbath day given to the Jews, given to Israel to remind them that there is a rest for the people of God. Number five, the observance of the Sabbath by being adopted into the Decalogue was made the foundation of all the festal times and observances of Israel. They all com culminated in the Sabbath observance. Number six, even with all of this, however, the Sabbath belongs to the shadow of good things to come, which was to be done away with in the body of Christ, according to Colossians 2.17 and Hebrews 10.1. The seventh statement. According to Matthew 12.8, Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. And you remember when Christ and his disciples walked through the fields and they were hungry and they took corn and the Pharisees pointed their fingers at them and said, you are breaking the Sabbath day. Jesus said, the Sabbath was not made for man, but man, the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. And Jesus announced that he was Lord of the Sabbath day. The eighth statement, after the completion of the work of Christ in atonement at Calvary, Jesus died, and on the Sabbath day, he rested from the work of atonement. Number nine, by the resurrection of Christ on Sunday, the first day of the week, his resurrection is the pledge to the world of the fruit of redeeming grace. He has made the Lord's Day Sunday for his church, his body, to be observed until the captain of salvation shall return. And having finished the judgment upon all of his foes, to the very last foe, even death and the devil, he shall lead to rest the people of God out in the glorious eternity of heaven. Now, when we have this background for the Sabbath day, it begins to take on a new light. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It is written at the end of those laws that relate to man's relationship to God. The next commandment begins man's relationship to man. And when Jesus said, the sum total of all the commands is this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and all thy strength. He was summing up commandments 1, 2, 3, and 4. And when he said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, he was summing up commandments 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Now let's note these words of explanation concerning this text. Number one, the Old Testament Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week. There's no way to 
to look at it any other way. The Sabbath day is Saturday. It is not Sunday. The Sabbath day is Saturday. It is not Sunday. And when somebody stands up and says, Lord, thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day and we're meeting on Sunday, they, I'm not making fun of their prayer. They say it sincerely, but wrongly. Because the Sabbath day is on Saturday. It is not Sunday. And today is not the Sabbath day. It is the Lord's day. We do not meet in honor of the Jewish Sabbath, but rather in honor of the glorious resurrection of Christ. Secondly, the Sabbath is an Old Testament and not a New Testament command. In the entire New Testament, there is not a single command to observe the Sabbath day. Isn't that interesting? You look for it. All of the other Ten Commandments are repeated between Matthew and Revelation, but the Sabbath day is not. Instead of that, Jesus said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And when the Pharisees looked down their nose at the disciples for picking that corn, Jesus announced that the Sabbath day was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath day. It is not an institution, but rather an accommodation. Every other command of the New Testament, of the Old Testament, all the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament, except the law of the Sabbath. Of all the sins mentioned in the New Testament, Sabbath-breaking is never once mentioned as a sin. You say, Preacher, you're full of prunes today. You've gone stark raving liberal and mad. What's wrong with you? I thought you preached that we ought to keep this day holy. Well, I'm not through yet. Just stick with me. Stay along here, please. Don't let me lose you. In John chapter 5, verse 18, the Jews sought to kill Jesus. And do you know why they wanted to kill him? One of the main reasons, look in your Bible at John chapter 5, verse 18. And let's find one of the main reasons the Jews wanted to kill Jesus. In John chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath but said also that God was his father making himself equal with God. Two reasons the Jews wanted to kill him. Because he had broken into their institution the Sabbath day and had not kept it like they told him to keep it. And secondly, because he called God his father. Now you mark that in your Bible, John 5, 18. This is one of the reasons why they crucified Jesus. The third statement of explanation. The Sabbath is Mosaic law given to Israel under the law. It is not a day of worship. The Sabbath day was never given as a day of worship. It was given as a day of remembrance. You search the Old Testament, especially in the laws, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You do not find the Sabbath day given as a day of worship. It was rather a day of remembrance. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Why? Because six days God labored and did all of his work, and on the seventh day he crowned it with rest. The Sabbath day was a day of rest. It was not a day of worship. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament temple, in the tabernacle, the priests 
worked every day. And the people worshipped every day. And they brought their sacrifices day by day. And once a year on the Day of Atonement, the priests went beyond the veil and offered a blood sacrifice for the sins of the people on the mercy seat. But the Sabbath day was not a specific day of worship. It was a day of remembrance when the people took off from their jobs in order to be a sign to all the nations round about that God made the world. And on the seventh day, he rested. It was a symbol to a world of what God had done. Now, during the Babylonian captivity and in the years of the interbiblical period, the Jews did meet, begin to meet in the synagogues on Saturday and worship. But it was not so in the beginning. It was not given as a commandment of worship. And those groups today who say, those of you who worship on Sunday or have the mark of the beast in you, did you know that there are people who say that? They do not know the Scripture. Because the Scripture never commanded the Sabbath day, Saturday, to be a day of worship. It was a day of remembrance. It was a sign to a world of God, of what God had done. And it still is, as we'll see in a few moments. Fourthly, this sign was given to Israel. And the Jews were given a task, which was a missionary task, to say to the Hittites and the Canaanites, and the Egyptians and the Syrians and all of the others all around, God is God of this universe. He's the one that made the world. There was never a Jew who believed the Bible who believed in evolution. They just didn't believe it. They believed God made the world. God did it. When it thundered, the Jews said, God did that. When it lightning, the Jews said, God did that. God is in charge of this world. And the Jews were given a missionary mandate to make the world aware of God. And they forgot their missionary mandate. And this is the reason for the Babylonian captivity. If you'll read in the prophets, the prophet said, the reason for God letting you go into Babylonian captivity is because you did not keep the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day was a memorial, a remembrance day. It was a sign. It was a missionary mandate to all the nations that God was the only God. Jehovah was the only God. By way of explanation, fifthly, the New Testament plainly teaches that the command to keep the Sabbath was just a shadow of things to come. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians, the second chapter, please. Verse 14 and verses 16 and 17. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Verses 16 and 17. Let no man therefore judge you in food or in drink or in respect of a feast day or of the new moon or of a Sabbath day, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body of Christ. What's he saying? 
He's saying in Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17, that the Sabbath day was a shadow of good things to come. It was a shadow of something yet to come. It was a missionary mandate to the Jews to give to the whole world, saying, look to God, look to God. And the Jews forgot it. And finally, in the fullness of time, God said, I can't count on the anybody. I can't count on people keeping the law. I can't keep count on the Jews make, being missionaries to the world. Nobody knows what God is like. And so God sent his son to earth. To say, you've been wondering what God is like. Look at me, God is like me. And when the Son of God came, Jesus came, the outpouring of the love of the Father, the earthly manifestation of the Heavenly Father, Jesus fulfilled that shadow of good things to come. He was the reality. You've heard that story of the little boy whose daddy went to war and mommy would hold the little picture of daddy before the sun and say, Jimmy, that's your daddy. He's off over in the war. That's your daddy. Sometimes Jimmy would look at the picture and say, I wish daddy would come down out of that picture so I could hug his neck. And then there came a day when daddy came home. And mama said, son, you don't have to look at the picture anymore. Here's daddy. What'd that little boy do? Why, he didn't go and hug that picture anymore. He went over and put his arms around his daddy and hugged his daddy. Now the Bible teaches us that the Sabbath day was a shadow of something yet to come. It was a shadow of good things to come. What was it a shadow of? It was a sign, a sign to the world of God. But we have something better, better than a Sabbath day. We have Jesus, and Jesus is God incarnate in human flesh. And this is the reason why there is a quick transition in the New Testament from the Christian community meeting on Saturday, the old Jewish Sabbath, to meeting on the Lord's Day, Sunday, the first day of the week, in honor of Jesus, who was raised from the dead. Sunday is not a Christian Sabbath. Sunday is the Lord's Day. Sunday is not Jewish. It is Christian. Sunday is the day of the resurrection of Jesus. Now the first day of the week is the New Testament day of proclamation and worship. You'll turn your Bible to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Notice that the disciples now, <clears throat> Paul is here, verse 6, and we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days where we abode seven days. And a, upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the next day and continued his speech until midnight. What day of the week was that? Sunday. It wasn't Saturday, it was Sunday. The Lord's Day. Notice he was there seven days. He could have met on Saturday if they'd done it. But the Christians were meeting on Sunday, the Lord's Day, the day of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Let's see what God says. 
upon the first day of the week. Let every one of you lay by him and store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. What day of the week was that? That was Sunday, the first day of the week. The Christians were meeting together on the day of the Lord, the resurrection day, the day when the world remembers Jesus Christ as his Savior and as the hope of the world. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What is he saying here? He's saying it is the Christian plan to meet on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. Where did that come from? Well, turn back in your Bible to the book of Luke. In chapter 24, Luke 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed about this, Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, and they said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Later that day, in the evening, verse 36, And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. That was Sunday night, and it's told more clearly in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. What is this saying? It is saying that on the first day of the week, the disciples met in honor of Jesus. It began the night of the resurrection. It began that very Sunday night. Now, there was a man not there at church that night. Who was he? Thomas wasn't there that night. Oh, he never, he never got over not being there. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they went out that week and said, uh, said, Thomas, Jesus was at church Sunday night. He said, I'll never believe it till I see the print of the nails in his hands. But notice something, verse 24. The next Sunday night, Thomas was there. And Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them. The other disciples therefore said, We have seen the Lord. But he said, I, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into this side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, the disciples were inside. And if you'll count, you'll find that that's the next Sunday. And Thomas saith unto them, Then came Jesus. Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. Jesus was there. And Thomas's doubts were faded. Now listen, one thing this teaches is this is just thrown in for extra credit. It's a very serious thing to miss church on Sunday night. You miss some, some of the great goodies. Some of you have been Christians for years and years, and you've never been church on Sunday night. Or if you have, you come spasmodically. You need to come every Sunday night. Some of the greatest services are on Sunday night. And in the New Testament, they began to meet on Sunday night. 
in honor of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Well, quickly, we must bring the message to a close. Then what is the significance of the Lord's Day? Why should we keep the Lord's Day? If it is not the Old Testament Jewish Sabbath, and if we're reminded that we are to keep it, why should we keep it? Number one, a constant testimony that God created this world just as the Bible says. That's the reason we keep the Lord's Day. It is a constant testimony to the world that God is in charge of this universe. And when we fail to keep that day holy in honor of Jesus, we are saying, I don't know what happened to this world, maybe just spasmodic generation, maybe evolution. I don't know what happened. I have no idea at all. But the one who remembers the Lord God as the Creator will remember that day in the week when His Son was raised from the dead with great power. The same God who spun the sun and the moon and the stars in space was the same God who raised His Son from the dead on the first day of the week. And when Christians meet in honor of the resurrection of Christ, we meet in honor of God being on the throne. Secondly, it is a reminder to the world that Jesus has come and died on the cross and been raised from the dead. When we meet in honor of the Lord's Day on Sunday, when you got up and came to church this morning and when you get up and come to church tonight and as you go out of this building today and you drive across the city of Bowling Green and somebody who doesn't care anything about God says, where have you been? I've been to church. It is a reminder to the world that Jesus has come and died on a cross and been raised from the dead. When we meet in honor of the Lord's Day on Sunday, when you got up and came to church this morning and when you get up and come to church tonight and as you go out of this building today and you drive across the city of Bowling Green and somebody who doesn't care anything about God says, where have you been? I've been to church today. You'll be saying, without saying it in words, you'll be saying, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. He was buried and on the third day he was raised from the dead and that's the reason I went to church today in honor of Jesus. Don't you like to honor Jesus? Fourth, thirdly, it is a testimony to our children that we would honor the Lord God. The Bible has a great command to parents to train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I took a piece of plastic clay and gently fashioned it one day and as my fingers pressed it still, it shaped and yielded to my will. I returned when days were past. That piece of clay was hard and fast. It still that early imprint wore, and I could change it nevermore. I took a piece of living clay and gently formed it day by day. I molded with all my power and art a young child's soft and yielding heart. I returned again when days were gone. He was a man I looked upon. He still that early imprint wore, and I could change him nevermore. Why meet on Sunday? Why go to church on the Lord's Day? Why come back on Sunday night? Because, parents, you are making indelible impressions upon the hearts and minds of your children, and you are passing to them the faith that has made you move through life and motivated your very being. 
And when men and women care nothing for the Lord's day, and they go out and spend Sunday as a fun day, turning God's holy day into a holiday, going out to the shopping centers and spending all your money on the Lord's day as if you had not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to do that, but you dishonor the resurrection of Christ by going to these places and keeping them open all day. It is not the fault of the lost world. It is not something we ought to pass a rule against the world, opening their shops on Sunday, but rather God's people who are called by God's name need to say, the world... I've got a Savior who was raised on this day and I want you to know about it. And I'm going to observe Sunday different from the way I observe the rest of the days of the week. Amen? Now that's what God's book teaches. And when we spend the Lord's day on the lake or out visiting somebody and ignoring God's work or out at the shopping centers or spending it just any old way, we dishonor the resurrected Savior. It is not a matter of whether we obey the Sabbath day, the Old Testament Jewish Sabbath. It is a matter of what do we do with that day that was given to us as a mandate for missions in the New Testament to say through all the years until Christ shall come, the reason we meet on, G on Sunday is because Jesus is alive. He's not dead Jew in Jerusalem, but he's a living Savior and he lives right here in my heart. That's what it says. Fourthly, it teaches we have learned we have something to learn. We don't know it all, so we go to God's house and study the Word of God. And fifthly, it is a reminder of the glorious future. There's going to be a resurrection. Did you know that? Isn't that good, Elsie? Little old Amy's going to be raised from the dead. That little body we put down there in that graveyard in Franklin is going to be raised. The other day we buried a precious little six-year-old girl, Christine. When the resurrection day comes and Jesus comes again, that little body that was sown in weakness is going to be raised in power. When your grandma and grandpa were put away, or your mother or daddy, if their faith was in Jesus, when the resurrection day comes, just like Jesus was raised from the dead, so will your little one or your loved one be raised. That's what you're saying when you meet on Sunday. You're saying, I believe in the resurrection. I believe that Jesus is alive and because he's alive, one day when this body of mine dies and is buried, I don't have to be afraid. Jesus is going to raise me just like he was raised from the dead. Amen? That's glorious. Let's pray.